Next on BYUSN, Zach Wilson thrust back into action last night for the Jets in the NFL. What do we make of that moment, and do we believe Zach has turned a corner now? Plus, I go one-on-one with BYU defensive end Tyler Batty on how the BYU defense is preparing to face a potent Arkansas quarterback and offense. Our quarterback, Blaine Fowler, will discuss Keaton Slovis' improvement from week one to week two, and how concerned is he about BYU's rushing attack? Plus, this week's Top 5 Tuesday features BYU's top five plays all time against SEC teams. I like that. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, September 12th. I am Spencer Linton. He is already suffering from football withdrawal, Jason Shepard. We, uh, we had quite the game that wrapped up a pretty fun weekend, not just in the NFL, but in college football. And um, I can't wait for more, Spencer. You have to wait about 48 hours because it's too much football's back on Thursday. Hey, it's it's isn't it back every day really? And and frankly when Maction starts on Wednesday, then it's only Tuesday that you don't have football and even then Jason you have after further review mm-hmm. and BYU Sports Nation to get you through and your you can, Tuesday. You can always check out things on demand. Right? It's all there for you. Yes. So, while there is technically no live football today, We got you covered with After Further Review and BYU Sports Nation. All rise and shout. Let's get to it in What's Trending. What's Trending presented by Feastbox, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. Last night, an unbelievably magical moment for New York City. On 9-11, for the suffering Jets fans, they got... What I believe, Jason, is long overdue. Just something to rally around. And in a, in a moment that seemed hopeless when Aaron Rodgers goes out with seemingly a season-ending injury and in comes Zach Wilson once again, he helps lead New York and their cast of very, very motivated and talented characters to an improbable 22-16 overtime win. So, Zach Wilson's been named the starter for the rest of the year because Rodgers has torn his Achilles. What did you make of that entire situation last night, Jason? Well, I was watching it from the beginning, and, you know, Buffalo gets the first possession, so they they don't do anything with theirs, and here comes Aaron Rodgers, and four plays in, he goes down. And you're thinking, okay, well, that doesn't look good, but then he stands up. But the camera stays on him, and then all of a sudden he he just kind of sits back down, and you're like, oh, Oh, that's not good. Yeah. And then you're thinking immediately, I'm like, okay, well, Zach's going to get in this game, even if it's just for a couple of plays until Aaron can come back. Then you realize the severity of all this, and all of a sudden you realize, oh, my goodness. All of this talk that Zach was going to have all this time to sit behind Aaron and learn and be in his hip pocket. Now it is his show. I was so happy for him that he was part of that win last night. And, you know, there were certainly throws, certainly the interception that he talked about that he would love to have back. But he came up big on a couple first downs, some third down plays where he was able to pick up a first down, one of which was unbelievable. For a second, I thought he may have turned his ankle because yes. it, he it kind of rolled it and he starts falling to the ground and somehow is able to get the ball out to Lazard for a massive first down and keep that drive going, which ultimately would end in a touchdown, a miraculous catch from Garrett Wilson, by the way. <laughs> so it, it was with the way the night started – from a BYU perspective, certainly, I was happy 
for, for Zach Wilson to get an opportunity and yeah. for him to be part of the win. Yeah. That was cool. What we didn't see was the spiral of downward play that we have seen when things start to go wrong for Zach. So he throws that interception, and, y- you know, if, if you've watched that closely, you can't help but think, uh-oh, like, is this going to snowball yeah. in, into kind of what we saw last year? And to his credit, it did not. Now, he wasn't, like, unbelievably flashy and making – these incredible throws consistently down the field and stretching the defense. Like Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator, immediately is like, okay, what do we know that Zach is pretty good at? Okay, the screen game, little sidearm throws. Let's keep things simple. Yes. And to Hackett's credit and the Jets' offensive line's credit, they established a run game. That gave Zach a little bit of breathing room mentally. Yes. And they just figured out a way to piece it together. So, And the defense kept them in Oh, the de- defense is unbelievable. Down 10, the defense kept them in it with the interceptions, kept giving yes. the offense opportunities until they could find a rhythm. I was encouraged because Zach did not spiral out of control. He, he had a, like a mature moment where he bounced back and he made yes. the throws you were talking about and did enough. Like He did enough. In fact, the touchdown play to Garrett Wilson was an audible. It was a run call and... To his credit, he had the confidence to be like, okay, I see I have Garrett Wilson to my left one-on-one. I'm going to audible into this, and we're going to try what was supposed to be a back shoulder throw. It was upfield, and an all-pro player makes an all-pro play. But it, it just it was magical for the Jets and the city of New York yeah. to have that happen. Now, after the game, Zach spoke to the media about the emotions of stepping in for Aaron Rodgers on the first drive of the game. You know, I've I've so much love for him. So you know, uh, you know, my heart goes out to him. I have no idea what's happened. I got to see my halftime for a second, but you know, I I know, you know, he'll find a way to keep keep working to get back. But that, that's tough. It hurts us as a team, you know. But my job as a quarterback is I got to step up and I got to be able to be efficient as I can in that offense. And a lot of emotions, right? Like week one, opening day, you know, um, trying to learn as much as I can from this guy. But I also got to make sure I'm ready to go and. Ah, this is this is a tough balance because yeah. it's one thing to learn from a guy when you're in the film room and just kind of be talking with him and another to watch him do what he is teaching you to do. And now Zach doesn't have that opportunity. He's not going to be able to watch Aaron Rodgers go out there and be like, see, this is what I was talking about. See that throw I just made? See that read I just made? Now it's just you got to trust what I'm saying and it's up to you to go and execute that. That's, that's tough, right? So I hate that. But, Jason, all things considered, based on what you saw last night from Zach Wilson, do you feel like he has turned a corner after watching what he did on the field last night? Look, I mean, I don't want this to come across as a cop-out answer, but there's really no way to know after one game. I was pleased with what I saw last night. And I I think, and you brought up the fact that once he came in, Hackett had to tweak every bit of that game plan offensively was based off of Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback and his ability to when he gets to the line be able to survey the field and make changes and and rearrange guys where he needs them to be Jason immediately that playbook was cut from 100% down to about 40% so so for I was I was very pleased to see what Zach was able to do on the fly what's going to be fun to see is now moving forward now that you know Aaron Mm. Rodgers is out of the mix permanently for the rest of the year, now you're going to have these game plans catered towards Zach Wilson. Has he turned a corner? You probably can't truly answer that question until you get at least halfway into the season. 
because that's going to let you know whether it was one game or not. I certainly like his odds for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think they have a much better offensive coordinator in Hackett that's yes. gonna, that can help him. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I like, based off of the weapons he has this year, it is far better than weapons he has had previously. And I'm talking about his, his skill position players, wide receiver, running back. Because obviously last year, they ended up losing Hall for almost the entire season. Yeah, Brees I, Hall is going yes, to help. Yes. And look, as great as that defense was last year, I think they're even better this year. So I think the weapons around him are significantly better. And now that you can put a game plan in for Zach, I like his chances. But to truly say, has he turned a corner? We're probably not going to be able to answer that question until we get further into this season. I mean, listen to these names. Garrett Wilson. Okay, you saw what he's capable of. Brees Hall rips off a, what, an 80-plus yard run last night. He goes for over 100. Dalvin Cook, a key late addition to the Jets, who was an all-world running back for the Minnesota Vikings. These are really good players. Randall Cobb. Yeah, I know he's a veteran, but he's a guy that can help yes, Zach absolutely. figure things out. He's been in all of those battles with Aaron Rodgers. Yes. He can say, hey, we can, we can try this. Let's try this. Bringing those guys in, those guys were brought in for Aaron. But those guys will be able to help Zach immensely. The situation is not ideal for Zach to have to be thrust back into action this soon. But you better believe that the relationship he has with Aaron Rodgers is going to help him because Aaron Rodgers essentially is going to be Zach's personal quarterback's coach, right? right? Yeah. He has Nathaniel Hackett yeah. as his offensive coordinator, and now he has Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback's coach. And he's got, as a supplementary help, Randall Cobb, who's been in all these offenses with Hackett and Aaron yeah. Rodgers. So I do like that. It's too early. I'm with you. Too early to say, yes, Zach has turned a corner. But I will say that he can, he can absolutely use this as a foundation. He can build on this moment where it's like, Okay, I've now beaten the Bills twice. I've beaten Josh Allen twice head-to-head, yeah. -head, including in just a wild scenario an opening night on Monday Night Football in front of a national audience. When is, it, when is the pressure going to be bigger than that moment for Zach this year? You're right. Outside of the playoffs, if the Jets get yeah. to the playoffs. When's it going to be bigger, Jason? Like, there's, he's not going to feel more pressure than that moment all season long because that was unbelievably unexpected. Uh, to his credit, he did enough. Uh, I hope he's turned a corner. He can certainly build off of this. All right, topic number two. Let's zero back in on uh, our team here in Provo. Uh, through two games, BYU's rushing attack has struggled to get going, averaging 79 yards per game. Now, against Southern Utah, BYU ran for just 46 yards. Here's offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick yesterday on Coordinator's Corner on why it's not time to panic just yet. Not yet. I mean, we need to we need to play better for sure. There, nobody's nobody's content or feeling like we've arrived by any means. Just after after one solid game, we have a lot of work to do. There's a lot of things we can do better as a team. Um, but yeah, two games is is definitely we've we've uh, you know scored a lot of points here and been ran the ball really well here the last few years. And uh, I have no doubts that 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 time is coming. And media overreacting to the struggles currently of the BYU running game. Well, let's look at the overreaction scale, Jason. Okay. <laughs> Is there a scale? Yeah, Is sure. Like the heat scale? On a scale of uh, one being the worst, which is like 2017, going four and nine, right? <laughs> mm. Up to, well, sorry, that would be 10. Okay. One being like uh, a nine and four season in, in 2016. Okay. I feel like I'm kind of right. I'm kind of right in the middle, and I think that's 
that's probably a little bit lower than most where most fans and media are. I think most fans and media are like, uh-oh. They're probably closer to a six or a seven on, on the panic scale. Um, just because BYU was not able to establish a run against a couple of opponents that on paper we felt like they shouldn't have that much trouble with. But Aaron Roderick is saying, well, it doesn't matter the opponent if the safeties are playing low and they're just loading the box and they are making it clear like we are not going to let you run. We are daring you to throw. And Keaton Slovis and the air attack did their thing. I mean, he had good numbers. But still, there's like this – it's almost like this pride thing, Jason, against a team like Southern Utah where it's like I don't care if you put eight or even nine in the box. <laughs> but 11. Cover zero. You're in cover zero and you just load the box. We are still going to run against you. There's this like this pride thing like, well, they're an FCS team. We should be able to run all over them. And I still feel that a little bit. Yeah. Where it's like, BYU's offensive line, I have high expectations for them. So even if they do put eight in the box, like, we still get three yards of carry, right? BYU didn't do that. They could not get three yards of carry. Uh, Aaron said he adjusted. BYU wins the game. They throw for a ton of yards. So, I don't know. Like, I think, I think some of the worry is validated. Sure. It's, it's valid. It, it feels right. But I'm not ready to be like, oh, BYU's going to go, you know, BYU's going to win three or four games this year because they can't run the ball. However, if Arkansas looks at the tape, they would be crazy not to emulate what Sam Houston and Southern Utah did, right? Yeah. I mean, are you panicking? Look, you and I are, are, are basically on the same page with this. Look, after two games, I, I, I'm surprised. I expected a lot more on the ground from the BYU rushing attack. And it's because I look at the talent that's there. And, yeah, the talent that we're seeing is new to BYU, but I, I expected more. So am, am, I, am I freaked out about it? No, but it is concerning that you didn't have more rushing yards against Sam Houston and Southern Utah. And I completely understand what, what A-Rod is talking about that, look, you take what's given to you. And, yeah, we may want to run the ball, but if they're going to give us the pass, we've got Keaton Slovis look at all the weapons. We saw what Isaac Rex did. So I can certainly understand that. Ultimately, I don't expect this to continue because the talent, in my opinion, mm. is too good. So I think they will figure this out. But after two games, I would be lying to you if I didn't say I was surprised sure. that this is all that we've seen on the ground. All right, as we close out this topic, I want you to listen to one more soundbite from Aaron Roderick on being able to win on offense in multiple ways. Saturday was just like I said before, it was a game where SUU was daring us to throw the ball. As low as those safeties were all game, um, it was about the passing game Saturday. There might be games where we have to rush for 200, 250 yards to win, and there's going to be games where, you know, uh, we got to throw it to win. And one thing I like about our system and our team is that we have guys that are, we can win any style of ball game, I believe, with the, with the players we have and the, the offensive system that we have. I think we're equipped to get into a shootout if we need to, or we can grind it out too. And, and um, that's, that's something that I'm proud of about this group. On the list of 10 most used cliches in sports, especially in football, you'll find the phrase, take what the defense gives you. Right. Okay, that's where Aaron Roderick is coming from. Take what the defense is going to allow you to do. What becomes really concerning and problematic, Jason, is when, if you use the Sam Houston game as a case study, when the rushing attack is not working and they're loading the box and the pass game really isn't efficient either, then that's, that's where it gets worrisome. Right. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, they're giving... They're giving you more in the pass game, but you got guys running the wrong routes. You have 
your offensive line missing their assignments at times. Keaton Slovis is getting hit. He's getting sacked. Like that, that's what's concerning. So I don't know. Is, is this more on the offensive line? Is this more on the running backs? Is this just defense is stacking the box? Maybe it's all of the above. It's, but, it's a combination of all of it. But hopefully, if Arkansas decides to load the box again and their safeties are playing low and they're daring BYU to throw, uh, the Cougars can protect Keaton Slovis because keeping him upright is the key to having any shot to win in Fayetteville at that, at that point. Look, BYU can't run. you got to throw, yeah. and if you can't keep him upright, you're not going to win the game. At the end of the day, fans, just, fans, coaches, players, all they want is to win. How it happens, at the end of the day, probably doesn't matter that much as long as you win. Amen to that. Yep. Zach Wilson, a winner last night, by the way. Yes, he was. Our question of the day, do you feel like Zach Wilson – has turned a corner after watching his performance last night. Kim Howard 23 on Instagram adds, yes, he's improved. I think you can see good things he's learned in short time working with Rodgers, but he has a ways to go. He'll keep learning through, though, and improving, she says. Love his work ethic and determination. All right, Jason, you take DJ Jazzy Gents. All right, so it's uh, sad to say, but not yet. But I reserve further comment until after the next few weeks where the game plan is developed around him and he works with the starters. I'm rooting for him 100% and want him to shine. All right. There was a phrase that Aaron Rodgers said to Zach Wilson that was shown in Hard Knocks where he said, by the time you get to your, you know, your second motion or your second read, like if it's not there, you got to be using your legs because you're super athletic. And Rodgers is saying, like, I can't do that. You can, you can do that. Yeah. So by the time you get to your, you know, second, like, pump fake or your second progression and you're not you, – there's nothing there, you got you to be moving. Yeah, and there were a couple times last night where he was a little bit slow to yes. get to that point. Yes. But it, but it, it but started it to come. Better. Yes, yes, it started to come it to him. Yes. better. Yep. So I feel like he was – he was learning from that and hearing yes, Aaron Rodgers 100%. in that moment. Hashtag BYUS on an X, Facebook, and Instagram to join the conversation. All right, watch today's episode of After Further Review as Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon take you through the X's and O's of the Southern Utah game and take a look ahead to this weekend's game at Arkansas. And check it out, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Up next, BYU's defense still doing their thing, and BYU defensive end Tyler Batty joins me to discuss how the BYU defense is preparing to face Arkansas's high-powered offense for a second year in a row. What can they do differently? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by Beastbox Global Grill, a unique dining experience featuring Texas, Hawaiian, and Korean meats. Time to feast. Oh, they played really well, they tackled well. They're just aggressive. An amazing game. I was really happy with the way they tackled them. We are live at Studio B with your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. That BYU defense, Jason, has only given up 16 points all season. So it's hard to feel nitpicky, right? 16 points, man. Through two games, I'll take that. Pretty solid. Even if the opponents are Sam Houston and Southern Utah, that's still a very good number. But I said yesterday, Jay Hill found his quarterback, Keaton Slovis, and said, hey, our defense will be better for you next week. No, don't worry. Talking about extreme ownership and accountability, right? How do you not love Jay Hill? I'm certain that Tyler Batty, one of his defensive ends, loves his new defensive coordinator, and they got a stiff challenge ahead against Arkansas. I went one-on-one -on -one with Tyler to discuss how they plan to alter the plan this year and not give up 52 points. Here's that conversation. 
Mr. Batty, you are a car guy. You and I connect on that level. So I feel it only fitting that uh, I'm in my car as I meet with you to discuss what's about to happen in Arkansas. How are you feeling these days? Good. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Um, what parallels do you draw between automobiles and cars and football? <laughs> um lots of moving parts that all have to work together i think that's the simplest way to put it yeah in that regard how do you feel like things are going with so many moving parts for BYU football through the first two weeks is this a high functioning automobile uh i would i would agree i would say so i would say this is a very high performance vehicle that uh that at least we're endeavoring to create here and, and i think i think the pieces are, are coming together well now, certainly on the defensive side, I mean, giving up no points to Sam Houston, only 16 to Southern Utah. How would you assess the defense after two weeks? And more importantly, what is Jay Hill telling you the defense is doing through those first two weeks? Yeah, uh, you know, we've, we've had we've had good, uh, good things and bad things. Right. And that's that's what happens. Right. You get you get into the first couple of games of the season trying to figure those things out, right? Trying to make sure all those parts are, are well-oiled and moving properly. Um, and so that's that's what we've been doing is we've been finding the spots that are sticking uh, and trying to and trying to grease them up so everything runs uh, smoothly as it should and and make sure that, yeah, the defense uh, is the defense that we want it to be, right? A hard, tough-nosed, aggressive defense that we don't give up very many points and we're able to put our offense in great situations. The pride of pace and Tyler Batty is with us on BYU Sports Nation and even using the car verbiage. That's a veteran move on your part. Um, I do want to look into specifically some of the things that you feel like are hitting on all cylinders right now. Like what's the best thing that the defense is doing right now? I think honestly playing as as a unit, I think uh, that was especially on display versus Sam Houston, right? Uh, back end, linebackers, front end. Everyone, everyone's working really well together, right? Um, we're we're getting after it up front. Uh, our, you know, our DBs and everyone's are locking it down uh, in the secondary, and 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 then everyone's rallying to the ball, making tackles, making plays, interceptions, fumbles. Uh, you know, all those all those things are going to become products of of everyone working together. And in contrast, what are the things that need a little more grease? Need to uh, run a little smoother. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, I think, uh, you know, maybe limit, limiting some explosive plays. We gave up, you know, some explosive plays against uh, SU that allowed them to, uh, you know, get in the red zone and score. Uh, that's something that we want to we want to prevent. Right. And so we got to we got to make sure that, yeah, again, everyone's just doing their job and, and we're taking care of uh, business as usual. Now, I know Arkansas will present a number of challenges. You know Arkansas. You played against them last year. You know what their quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, is capable of, especially if you don't wrap up a behemoth beast like he is a quarterback. So how are you altering the approach for the second go-around against K.J. Jefferson in Arkansas? Yeah, uh, honestly, it really, like, like I mentioned a second ago, it just comes back to everyone doing their job, right, being in the position that they need to be, um, and then – again rallying to the ball he's a he's a big guy right and he's he's tough to take down we've seen that in the past uh that's something he does consistently and so we just got to all hands on deck right uh to, to to make sure that we get him down and, and get that offense stopped what else do you know about arkansas's 
offense at this point? Because I know it's still relatively early in the week. So what what do you feel like they are and what they're going to try and do? Yeah, they're they're going to they're going to run the ball right. Uh, you know, first off, they're going to come out and they're going to try to try them try to move the ball on the ground and. And they're also going to throw it right. Uh, you know, we've seen through the first two weeks with them that they've done both uh, pretty, pretty efficiently. And so that's really what we're expecting is just to be able to stop the run and then get after it when they go to pass it. What type of atmosphere and reception do you expect in Fayetteville and SEC country? Uh, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be hostile, but I think it's going to be a, a lot of fun to go out there. Why do you feel like this team is ready for a hostile environment? You know, I think I think we've bonded really well as a team. Uh, you know, I think I think our team chemistry is is really good, and and I think uh, guys are guys are ready to take on that challenge. I'm glad you mentioned the word chemistry because I was speaking specifically about this with Keaton Slovis and Isaac Rex, and Isaac said, "Well, we did a bunch of karaoke together, and that really helped our chemistry." <laughs> okay, so in that line, what is it that happened off the field that is creating? good chemistry for the defense specifically. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, uh, guys are getting to know each other, right? You know, the better, the better, you know, the guys around you, the better you're going to be able to play with them. And so uh, I think most guys have done a really good job of going out of the way to develop those relationships off the field um, so that we can play together better on the field. Right. Why does that make such a difference? Like what, what is it about that? Like, having this off the field relationship so that it helps you when you are in competition. Right. A, a lot of, a lot of sports and a lot of you know, football in particular, right. comes down to trust. You know, you've got to be able to trust the guys around you to do their job and they've got to be able to trust you to do yours. Uh, if that's not there, things get out of whack. Um, you know, people start trying to do too much and, uh, and then it kind of falls apart, right. If, if that trust isn't there. And so, those relationships off the field really help to develop that trust. That way, when we get in, you know, hard situations, you know, where we're on our own five yard line and we need to keep them out, guys are ready to do so. Uh, Tyler, we'll finish with this because I know you got to get off to a meeting. But um, if you could envision the prime start for the BYU defense against uh, a cap more than capable Arkansas offense, what would that look like? Um, not you know, not giving up any points, right? I, you know, that's. That's always the goal um, is just uh, going out there and just making sure that we keep we keep their offense off the field as, as much as possible. So um, that's that's what I would say is as long as we can go out there and do our job and, and try to limit, you know, their uh, their production as much as possible. That'd be definitely a successful start for us. Yeah, it always sounds so simple, but really it is. It is that do your job, yeah. right? Just yeah. Do your job. Yep. All right. Uh, Tyler, you're a Renaissance man, a man of many talents. We appreciate the time you spent with us here today. Some BYU Sports Nation karma to you for the game uh, in Arkansas, and uh, good luck against the Razorbacks. Thanks, Spencer. Tyler Batty, defensive lineman on BYU Sports Nation. Here's a look at some notable statistics as they pertain to the Cougars' defensive line through the first two games. Only giving up 61 rush yards per game. Again, I know it's Sam Houston and Southern Utah, that's still a very, very solid number. Ten tackles for loss, Jason. Do you think last year's defense would be giving up those numbers? Last year's defense Same. would have given up more. That's what I'm saying. See Utah Tech. So, so, so what I'm, but what I'm, my point is, yes, it's against Sam Houston and Utah Tech, but we're seeing an improvement. Absolutely. 
only the one sack. And I know people are like, oh, be, they need to sack the quarterback more. I, I, I don't put as much stock into that quarterback sack statistic as others. If you're creating chaos and he's under pressure and you're getting to the quarterback and like there are hurries and he's knocked down and there's more incompletions and they can't run the ball, like, a lot of those things matter to me more than just like that sack number. I would like to see it higher. Yes, I would sure. like to see more sacks. But yes, I agree with what you're saying. But they're doing a lot of other good things in lieu of not creating as many quarterback sacks. All right, let's keep this thing rolling. All right, watch BYU football with Kalani Satake tonight as the head coach wraps up the win against SUU and looks ahead to the Arkansas game in Fayetteville. You can watch at 8.30 Eastern tonight on the BYU TV app. And if you'd like to show up, and be part of the studio audience. Tickets for the show can be found on BYUSN.com. Still on the way, another new postseason college basketball tournament has been proposed. How would it affect BYU? And do we really want another tournament? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a Tuesday. No football, no problem. We got you here covered and uh, after further review, plus BYU football with Kalani Satake. And then we get into the later part of the week as we push toward BYU and Arkansas. We are in Studio B holding it down and we have plenty of headlines. So let's get to them presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU football preparing for Arkansas on Saturday. Head coach Kalani Satake spoke to the media yesterday about how BYU can get better this week in preparing for the Razorbacks. We don't need to make this any any more uh, complex than it is. We need to get ready for Arkansas, learn from the lessons and things that we can we can improve on from week one and week two. Um, try not to make the same mistakes again, right? Because that happened a couple times. And so, find ways that to, to to put ourselves in better position to have success. Of note, Arkansas running back Raheem Rocket Sanders has already been ruled out. For Saturday's game, last year in Provo, he rushed for 175 yards and two touchdowns. Now, Saturday's game will kick off at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2 as well as BYU Radio. Pre-game coverage on both BYU TV and BYU Radio is at 5.30 Eastern. Also, it was announced yesterday that BYU's first Big 12 game at oh, Kansas go. on September 23rd will kick off at 3.30 Eastern time on ESPN and, of course, BYU Radio. Huge news about Rocket Sanders not playing for Arkansas. Let's stay in the NFL now on the football beat. Zach Wilson rushed into action last night against the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football after Aaron Rodgers left the game with a significant Achilles injury. Zach went 14 for 21, 140 yards, a touchdown and an interception in the Jets' dramatic come-from-behind overtime thriller 22-16. After the game, Jets head coach Robert Sala announced that Zach will be the Jets' starting quarterback for the rest of the season. Here is Mr. Wilson speaking to SNY following the win about the emotions of the game. Yeah, still in awe. What an unbelievable finish by the guys. Um, you know, so unfortunate for Aaron at the beginning, but everyone held strong. 
tried to focus. The defense obviously getting four turnovers was huge. Uh, we got to capitalize on those more of an offense. But then to finish like that uh, with Xavier, a young dude that has so much talent, I'm so happy for him. Uh, unbelievable team win. Zach, when you saw Aaron go down, what was the emotion? And the whole stadium just was deflated. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that is so unfortunate, but in my position, you have to understand it happens, and you have to be ready, and you have to be able to step up and, and play, and my job is to close the gap. How, how close can I be to Aaron Rodgers? And, you know, I'm going to keep working on that every single week. And how much fun was this? Unbelievable. So much fun. These are the best wins. I love that response from Zach. It's my job to close the gap between me and Aaron Rodgers. Mature response. Absolutely. BYU women's volleyball fell four spots to number 12 in the ABCA poll following their 2-1 and one week last week. Up next for the Cougars is Utah. Ooh. They'll be at Smithfield House tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. BYU women's golf opening the season yesterday at the Sam Golden Invitational at Oakmont Country Club in Corinth, Texas. Through the first day of action, the Cougars in 11th place, even par as a team. Lily Denunzio is BYU's leader so far, tied for 29th at two under par. Good luck to the women. Those are today's headlines. Let's opine in the whip. Cougar Whip Wrap presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. How big of a deal is it that uh, Raheem Rocket Sanders is not going to play for Arkansas against the Cougs? I said it a moment ago. Yeah. It's a huge deal. Huge. I feel like with Arkansas opening up as a 10-point favorite and then finding out that Rocket Sanders is not going to play, the line will probably drop a few more points. I expect it to be closer to a touchdown. KJ Jefferson, unfortunately, is still there. He is. He is for sure. But this is this is big, big news. This helps BYU tremendously. No question about it. Not him not being there takes away a big weapon for them. Fox Sports attempting to arrange a new postseason basketball tournament in Las Vegas for teams that missed the NCAA tournament. It would be the top 16 teams according to net ranking from the Big 12, Big 10, and Big East who do not qualify for March Madness that would be required to play in this tournament, Jason. No, option to, no option to deny, just you're required to play even if the team receives an invite to the NIT. So they say no to the NIT, yes to this tournament. What are your thoughts on this? Look, if it gives a, a team, let's say you, you, you don't make the NCAA tournament, if you're BYU, you don't make the NCAA tournament, if it's an opportunity to keep playing, I'm all for it, absolutely. And you know coaches just want more opportunities for their team to get better. If it means more opportunities to get on the court and try and get better, even if it's for the next season, they're going to take it every time. Well, it would be high-level basketball for sure because if it's the 16 teams from three power six conferences that are just missing the cut and are on the wrong side of the bubble, like these, these are going to be like high-quality NIT teams. Absolutely. So I'm intrigued a little bit. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Another tournament, I'm just like, ugh. Is, is it going to get to the point one? where it's like bowl games? Another, yeah, we're pushing that way for Wait, sure. It's, yeah, it's, we're, we're basically there. But look, more BYU basketball, I'll take that. No Fair problem enough. with that. All right. All right, number 12, BYU women's volleyball will host Utah tomorrow night at the Smith Fieldhouse. You can check it out on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern. Up next, Uncle B, dual threat analyst, national champion, Blaine Fowler is in Studio B. How concerned is he at this point about BYU's rushing attack? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. He elevated the people around him. 
Today, what we saw was what we've been all, all, all year, all fall camp. Back to the offense, but back to the end zone. That was wonderful to see. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B alongside Jason Shepard. I'm Spencer Linton. Always a great pleasure to welcome in one of our favorites, Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, dual threat analyst of football and basketball, specifically on football today and a national champion. Great to have you back in Studio B, man. Good to be here. This is such a great setup. Of course, we all spend a lot of our life in this room. Today, so. <laughs> it's a very it versatile does, working area. It does area. feel like home to me. Yeah, indeed. So. Well, we're in the living room right yeah, now. The Cougar so. Council room. Yes, yes exactly. Yes. This is where we talk each other off the ledge <laughs> and the fans off the ledge. It's a place of comfort <laughs> right. and healing at times yes. for sure. Uh, Blaine, before we get into BYU football and what they're preparing for in Arkansas, we have to ask you just your reaction and thoughts on what happened with the New York Jets last night with Zach Wilson being thrust into what I feel is going to be the most pressure-packed situation he feels all season long outside of if the Jets make the playoffs. I don't think he's going to get more pressure-packed than opening night, Monday night football, with everyone wanting to watch Aaron Rodgers, and now here comes Zach. What did you think of all that? Yeah, I, You know, it was a little rough to start, and then I think he calmed down and played, and and you guys just played his post-game interview, which it just so it sounds like he's grown up and understands that you got to say the things that you're supposed to say no matter what you're thinking, right? Um, but, like, I, I think about the end of that game and the way he just kind of managed things. And, and what he's got to remember, um, and, and I've talked to Steve Young about this. When Steve first started to play, he had to realize, um, I can't go make a play on every play. Like, I can't go win the game on any single play. And sometimes plays aren't there, and you just need to eat it or throw it away and come back and play on another play. And sometimes you need to eat it and punt the ball and come back and play. Because rarely are you going to win a game on a play. You might lose one on a play if you throw a pick six, right? And so um, he just needs to play within himself. And, and that's not a good team up front on the offensive line. I mean, not even when Aaron Rodgers is in there. They didn't look good up front, right? So, so he's got to be careful not to be running around and trying to make plays. with his, He has phenomenal arm talent, thinking he can throw the ball back inside late. He just got to kind of take what the defense gives and manage it. They're really good defensively. Created oh. four turnovers. They're... You can kind of let that defense win right now and show that you can manage and that you're a young quarterback and that you're not going to go out there and force things that cost your team the game. And you're going to say all the right things. And, you know, hey, we got a one-game sample right now. I liked everything about the end of that game last night. And that might be the formula for them to win. And if he does that, then nobody can complain. Now, Jets fans will still complain because the worst fans in the league. Right? <laughs> um, but but – that's not, a, that's not a bad outing. And he's going to throw some interceptions, right? Because you just throw interceptions in that league. Ask Josh Allen, Ooh. right? Um, you, you, there are defensive backs that are going to make big plays, right? Um, but, but the interceptions you don't want are the ones where you're scrambling late, you throw the ball up, or where you just make really bad decisions and throw balls up and they get intercepted. Um, you're going to make, you're going to throw picks in the course of the offense where you throw a decent ball and a great plays made on defense and they pick it. So I'm not saying, Hey, you can't throw any interceptions. I'm saying be careful with the ball, play conservatively, be a leader, um, play within yourself, let that defense win games for right now and develop. And, and I think, you know, I, I'm giving him two thumbs up for last night. That was a crazy Spencer. You laid it out. How pressure pack was that situation? And I thought he played pretty poised and gave his team a chance to win the game. And, uh, and that's all you can ask him to do. And you can't listen to the noise of the Jazz fans because they're crazy.
Now we're hoping the poise shows up in Fayetteville, right? Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, yeah, let's focus on BYU. And you heard Aaron Roderick, Kalani has talked about it. No time to panic yet for the BYU ground game. But in your opinion, what's, what's the answer for more yards rushing for the Cougars? T time is part of it, right? And, and I like that they, they, you know, they've had two games under their belt for everybody, including for Aaron Roderick, to go, okay, this is what I typically like to run, but based on the skill set of those guys I have up front and the running backs I have, for this guy, maybe I need to call a little more of this. For this guy, you know, so, so maybe for Aiden Robbins, the play selection's a little different mm -hmm. than, it is, than it is for whoever else you have in there, right? Whether it's Deion Smith or whether it's the freshman, it's just like they all have a little bit different style, and the coordinator needs to, in game situations, kind of understand this is the strength for this guy. This is the strength for that guy. I think Aiden Robbins can still be a player, but I think he needs to run downhill. Deion Smith, he loves to get he loves to get to the edge. Martin, he he's kind of a combo back. He's more like Tyler Algier yes. than anybody they have. So they can run the zone, you know, outside stretch and those things with him. And so Aaron Rodgers needed some time to get it right. Um, but I also think this offensive line, it's it's still a work in progress. Every one of those guys is playing a different position. Every one of them. Three brand new faces that haven't, you know, haven't played in this system. And, and then everybody, and the guys that are back, you know, Connor's playing guard. Kingsley's playing left tackle and not right tackle. And in this scheme, there's a lot of combo blocking and things that happen after the snap of the ball where you combo down on a guy and then like nonverbal and verbal, like touching and pushing off of each other and, you know, calls where it's like, I'm going to go to the second level and get the linebacker. You stick with this guy. Those kinds of things where I think as the season progresses, and hopefully they progress really fast here because this is important this week, they make fewer mistakes and we have fewer free players coming through. So, so to me, these two games under their belt, it was great to have games to not play great and win. Yeah. Because you can learn a lot. Sure. And I think we're going to see tremendous improvement this week again. And the fact that they threw the ball downfield is going to make Arkansas be a little more um, honest in what they do in terms of their approach. SUU, you heard Aaron say, and it's true, gosh, they put seven and eight in the box. You know, BYU didn't throw the ball out of, out, of, out of this world the week before, so they thought, well, we'll just stop them from running the ball, and then BYU threw it, and they won easily, right? Now, if Arkansas puts eight or nine in the box, BYU's not going to run the ball, and they're going to have to throw for 300 yards if they're going to win, right? You kind of have to take what the defense gives. I think Arkansas will play a more balanced defense. It's a really good defensive football team, Arkansas is really physical in the middle of that defense. Their mm. backers, Thomas and Paul, are really solid, really good. And then Thomas, the safety um, inside, is also really physical and really good. So it may not be that easy to run it, but you have to run it to keep them honest enough that your play-action game works and you have some intermediate stuff. So this defense is talented enough that I think they're going to play straight up and BYU's going to have to be good in both facets of the game. Okay, Blaine, let's say that Arkansas does throw seven a few times. They've got eight in the box. And they're just daring Keaton Slovis to throw the, the football. Uh, and they're bringing blitzes. There have been some concerns that, that BYU's offensive lines had trouble keeping Keaton Slovis upright. Are, are the Cougars ready to keep him upright against Arkansas's front if they do bring an aggressive play-calling play style like we think they will? Yeah, I, I'm less concerned with pass protection than I am with getting the run game right. I, I They have not been bad in terms of pass protection. There have been a few breakdowns. I think those are... When you have a breakdown, you go back and look at the film and you go, oh, it's a bad switch. This is a bad call. Um, not very often do you go, whoa, 
we're just physically outmatched right there. You can't do anything about that. If your guys just aren't good enough, you can't do anything about it. If, they're make, if they've made some mental errors or bad calls up front, you can fix that, right? And I feel like the vast majority in the pass game have been that. Actually, probably the vast majority in the run game as well. And so I still feel bullish about the, the abilities of this offense. I really liked the way Keaton threw the football. He was poised. He seemed to have a better command of the offense. It was nice to get Keanu back. You get Cody back. And, you know, we still haven't heard for sure. That would be big because when teams are stuffing the line of scrimmage, Cody's the best guy on your football team to throw a quick hitch route to or a screen um, that you can get the ball out as an extension of your run game. I mean, a quick screen where, where Keen catches the ball and just immediately throws it out to Cody is nothing more than a run play except for I'm throwing it to him instead of handing it sure. to him. And Cody's the, the best guy on this football team at – reading those blocks, making guys miss, and turning a behind-the-line scrimmage pass or a one-yard throw into a nine-yard gain or a 17-yard gain. So, so getting Cody back is going to have a, a big Im impact. I, I also think they need to get Keelan Marion involved in that type of game. Um, yes, he's twitchy. Yeah, Laster has shown us that he's another big guy that can go in traffic and catch the ball and go up with strong hands. I really like that. We haven't seen Marion's skill set um, taken advantage of yet. He's more like Cody, where you could get him the ball in space, and if you're having trouble running the ball, get the ball out quick to the perimeter, let him work his magic, let Cody work his magic, and now take that defensive front and those good linebackers and make him run sideline to sideline to sideline. And now you get into the game, you go, now we're going to run draw, we're going to run something inside, and those guys are a little bit gassed. And they've been running sideline to sideline. That's how you soften up the inside of a defense for a run game. You make them chase things to the perimeter. You use your quickness and space. And so um, I, I'm very hopeful that, that Cody Epps can be back in this lineup because I think he's a, he's a difference maker for this offense. If you like this stuff from Blaine Fowler, then you should absolutely watch after further review tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, 5 Mountain, live on the BYU TV app is uh, when that episode will be available. Blaine, we look forward to another episode of AFR. Thanks for the insights. Great, great to talk to you guys. Thanks, Blaine. All right, number one, BYU women's soccer beginning Big 12 conference play Thursday night against TCU at Southfield. Let's go. Four Watch goals the game. a game, Jason. Nine Eastern on ESPNU. They're Here we go. They're unbelievable. Up next, we wrap up today's show with a special edition of Top 5 Tuesday featuring the top five BYU football plays against SEC competition. What's number one? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation on demand, Jason. Did you know? I did know. You, know? Uh, you can download the free BYU TV and BYU Radio apps or listen to the podcast while you're there. Please subscribe, rate, and review. All right, we're in front of the big monitor. That means big things, typically. <laughs> right? We sure. hope, anyway. Yeah. It's Top 5 Tuesday featuring the top five plays against SEC competition. This in BYU football history. Start us off, Shep. All right. Hey, BYU plays Arkansas this Saturday. How about we go back to Puka as uh, yeah. a fourth down catch versus Arkansas last year. Fourth and eight on the Arkansas 35-yard line. Set up an Isaac Rex touchdown on the very next play. Look at that. It's on fourth down, Jason. Look at that catch. Oh, gets the feet down. Dude. That's an NFL catch. Puka doing Puka things. Are we surprised? No, not at all. Number four. Oh, the great athletic director, Tom Holmo, way back when against Georgia in 1982. Pick six for number 46. Attaboy, Tom tied the game in the first quarter. 
seven, I mean, BYU's down seven, nothing, but 63 yards for a touchdown. Cougars end up losing this game to Herschel Walker and the Bulldogs, but wow, how about Tom Homo's contribution there? Not bad at all. All right, all right number three, Kyle Van Oy with his strip sack versus Ole Miss yes. in 2011. So 5.09 left in the game. BYU's down 13-7. It's third and 27. Kyle Van Oy causes and recovers the fumble for the touchdown. He celebrates. The Cougars celebrate. And BYU wins by a point, 14-13. What the heck was Ole Miss doing trying to throw it on third and 27? Just take your medicine and punt the ball, dude. Hey, we're thankful. We're very grateful. Number two. Let's go to... Knoxville, Tennessee. And number two, Tyson Williams. The push. The entire offensive line scores a touchdown together with Tyson Williams in the second overtime to clinch a dramatic BYU victory at Neyland Stadium. Incredible finish there. And number one, and it's appropriate because this also involves Zach Wilson. Perfect. The Micah Miracle. Versus Tennessee, 17 seconds left. BYU on their own 19-yard line. Zach Wilson Whee! finds Micah Simon, look at that, <laughs> for a 64-yard game to set up Jake Oldroyd's field goal that would send this game into overtime, and we know how that one would end. Holy cow. And Spencer made some friends on that trip. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to the Tennessee student section for sure. <laughs> Our question of the day. On the heels of that number one play against SEC competition featuring Zach Wilson. Do you feel like Zach Wilson has turned a corner in the NFL after watching his Monday night football performance last night? Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes in from Alan Purvis on X who says he was a lot more consistent than I remember seeing him in the past. Made one bad read, the interception. Other than that, he was on point putting the ball where it needed to be. There were some other throws that were offline. I mean, again, the throw to yeah. Garrett Wilson, not a great throw. And Zach said that was not a good throw. But Garrett Wilson made a great play. The end result is great. But he did make some nice throws. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Specifically to Alan Lazard on two occasions, okay? And then a low one in the zone to Garrett Wilson on that same drive to set up the tying touchdown. Like, there were some throws there for sure. Yeah, let's not short Zach, – Zach was absolutely part of that win last night. Yes. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics to New York City and the Jets fans on September 11th. Yeah, what a, what, a, what a great night to be able to celebrate a victory. That was absolutely magical. Our thanks to today's guests, Tyler Batty and Blaine Fowler. Conversation continues 24-7 on X, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all of our shows on demand, BYUSN.com. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Va'a Niamatololo. We'll see you tonight for After Further Review and BYU Football with Kalani Satake.